Welcome back to the Out of Body Experiences podcast. I am Alicia Figarelli. I'm one of your hosts, along with Eddie Day from Collision Restoration and Tom Greco from Thomas Greco Publishing. Uh, we're happy that you are back with us for our second episode in a long time. Before we get right into everything, I want to just take a quick moment and thank this episode's sponsor, Spinezi Americas, a huge supporter of TGP, of our podcast, of our magazine, of the trade show, of the Northeast Trade Show of everything we do and we love them. They are a leader in the industry and you should go visit them at spinezy.us or you can click their link in the episode description. It's amazing equipment, it really is. It's, it's yep. it, it was way out, it was way out there a long time ago. It really, really advanced stuff, nice stuff. Quality so product. Very appreciative that they're, they're sponsoring this podcast again. Visit spinezy.us to learn more. How you doing, Ed? Doing okay, aside from Tommy throwing me a curveball with a Tommy John arm, okay, and that tell me he didn't change. Tell, tell me that, that, that the same day that we've changed the format, you went away <laughs> from Zoom. You went to what would you go to? That kind of still go wagon of, of, of digital products. No, nobody could get on. I got people that are pretty advanced here, which I'm not. It sucked. I spent the last hour doing this. Now I'm working off my phone and not being able to connect to anything. My iPad laughed at me. The computer has no camera because I made a move recently. So, you know what? It kind of sucked, but we're going to have to move on, Tom. I'm sorry. I'm not going to, you know. So don't ask me to be happier than, okay? So you're going to get the angry podcast, Ed, today. Okay? This is what you get. That might be better. I hope I don't piss anybody off in the, in the Auto Body Association. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't want to do that now. Because I didn't really finish. What do you yeah, think? Try it, try it, try it I thought you finished. I don't know. I I pulled out. Your old I pulled out at the end. What? What? Nothing. I won't repeat that. Repeat it. I need to hear it. I said, maybe you're getting a little long winded in your old age. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's the magic words. I won't say a thing for the next four <laughs> Way to go, Ed. What? Long winded or old age? Which one pissed you off? Oh, okay. no. Not old. Old age doesn't piss me off. I know that. <laughs> here. It's here already. Well, what did you say to me? What did you say to me on the phone? I'm not tech savvy, but I have a dynamic personality to make up for. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. My dynamic personality makes up for my lack of technological ability. Okay, so no, I no, no. Listen, I get by, right? I get through it. Okay, which I'm okay with. It's all custom programs. It's not too hard to figure out. But when when passwords, when you start doing passwords and things go wrong, and you got to uppercase, lowercase. And I'm like, God damn it. I don't have time for this shit, you know? But Ed, you still have rotary phones in your house. Um, you know I'm better than that, okay? But I don't have that crap that you got, okay? Yeah, if you want, if God forbid, if something happens to your house, how are you going to replace all that shit? Anybody, I'm trying to explain. If you go in Tom's basement, right? I mean, he's in his basement. Just look at... It's, it's there's stuff... From one side, I have no idea you keep track. My wife still has a DVD player, okay? I swear to God. On the cab, she will not move. To, to get anything done in my house, and I'm, I don't do the, oh, my wife's a pain in the ass joke. I'm not Henny Youngman, for Christ's sake. But I'm just, <laughs> my, my, wife, my wife doesn't like anything changed. Her family have a house down the shore. When you walk in the garage, there's shit there from the 50s. <laughs> they just cleaned it out because my father-in-law is getting rolled and he, he gave up his share of the house 
they just gave up the garage, sold the house to one of the cousins. Everybody's still invited. And they fist fought in the driveway over a fishing pole that would, it was so dried out that it snapped in three pieces. But there was some, <laughs> I swear to God, it was like cobwebs and it broke in three pieces, but they had to have, and grandpa's vice from the gas station on Mount Prospect Avenue in Newark, there was an argument. What was going to go in the dumpster? What was going to, and I'm like, and my wife's just like that. Me, every six months, if I don't use it, it goes in the trash. I don't care. I do not care. Same with here. The joke is stand next to the garbage can when Eddie's throwing something out because it's usually brand new. If I don't use it in six months, it's shit. It's shit, okay? I don't keep shit. I'm not going to be the old guy with the house where they're, they're carrying the body bag out and the kids are in the driveway with the dumpster four hours later. They're not going to they, they're not going to get anything, okay? It's going to be thrown out before they get there, all right? Before they dump me in the back of an ambulance. So go ahead. Did they find a Henway in the garage? A what? A Henway. What's a Henway? No, no five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> How did I fall for that shitty joke? <laughs> I completely missed the joke. So what's that say about me? Do you have a so, Henway, uh, Alicia? What's what's going on? A Henway? Yeah. What's a Henway? <laughs> what's it? Oh, what's a Henway? About? <laughs> five pounds. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. What are we talking about this week? Got to talk about the industry and getting um it's getting a little lukewarm i'm starting to see people come in painters painters helpers um the I'm most yeah you're starting, in other words just starting the, the labor market starting to break thank god Finally. okay well that means that shops are quieting down mm -hmm. so i don't know if that's good or bad but um i think the shops that aren't uh either oe or direct um or have you know accounts with dealerships and i'd like to think that the shops in the last two or three years because i feel we went through like a heyday in the last two years i mean everybody was blistering hot for a long time i'd like to think that those shops treated their customers well and most likely they'll stay busy there are shops that probably didn't treat their customers well you know, and um, maybe laid it on a little too heavy, and they'll they'll probably quiet down. Yeah, you know, uh, it's 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 a it's a tough balance when you're in the middle of it, when you're in the thick of it. Because this would be my third dip, you know, in thirty years. Um, right after Reagan, uh, before Clinton, and then of course, oh eight was a was tough, and then COVID. So fourth, actually, you, you have to keep your head, you know, while you're going through those busy times because they end. And you have to just be cognizant of the fact that nothing stays the same. You have to keep your, your you know, your, the a natural ability to, to the, no, your tendency, sorry, to, to want to earn more money when things and maybe be a little neglectful to the customer or not call back or because you're too busy and all that so hopefully that the shops have uh have learned that nothing lasts forever you know well, it's as also, Pat, as Pat everything good comes to an end you yeah. know and also the shops now oh, i mean sorry the consumers 
are starting to have more of a choice where maybe when it was so busy, the, the shop that they wanted maybe was six months booked out. So, right. all right, I'm going to go to this shop because they can get me in now. But now that they could be a little bit more discerning. So you better be on your game because yeah. You're you know, right. that third rate shop that was getting all the work because everybody else was too busy, you're not going to be busy anymore. So you That's better exactly. you're doing stuff unless you're doing even, even shops that probably are, would just normally hang on um, were swamped mm -hmm. because of the overflow from the establishments. So it, it's, it's a very, you know what, like life, the auto body industry and the consumer, it's a delicate balance between the, your insurance company, the people that pay the bill. Unfortunately, they do. That's what their job is to pay the bill, the insured and your profitability. It's a, it's a tough balancing act. So, and I don't know who's ever mastered it. Everybody thinks, you know, there's some guys that think they have the answer to everything. You don't, you know, we, we keep hearing from a lot of shops that uh, the insurance companies are getting uh, worse and worse with regards to negotiating. Do you, are you seeing that at all? Yeah. Uh, certain companies get a little tougher. Yeah. It got a little tougher. Um, the, the, well, the same shitty companies. Hmm. You know, I'm not going to say who they are. We're not stupid. The same, the same, the same three or four players that that uh, that do the same shit. But you know, maybe a year ago, they had no time to sift through every 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 file. But now these guys slow down a little bit, and, and they all want to keep their job, and they're doing desk reviews from to, to, you know sitting on their on their deck in Florida with a laptop telling you you don't deserve something and now I, I always approach those those desk review guys they're not even they don't even work for the companies they're just subletting because everybody's laying off and finding cheap cheaper way of doing something post-covid and i'll go do you really enjoy taking food out of the working man's mouth is this what you do every day my father world war ii veteran couldn't scare him if you had to okay combat veteran gets pulled over by um Bloomfield Avenue, it's going too fast. He had a big chicken shit, yellow, ugly Thunderbird. And the cop pulls him over and can I be right at the time, there was no insurance, it wasn't mandatory. He said, uh, uh, license and uh, he goes, takes a license. He goes, you know, you were doing, uh, you know, 45 and a 25. And my father goes, I didn't see you, officer. He goes, well, I was behind that building. I'm like, this is my father, ready? So you hide like a rat for your money? This is the cop, I was getting a ticket. <laughs> And he, you know, hey, this is what you do for a living? And he goes, I was a combat veteran. I, 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 went in, I went into enemy territory. I looked for my enemy. He goes, so you hit behind that building. Is that what you do for your money? You're proud of you? Like, okay. <laughs> so that's how I think of these, these, these desk review guys that don't work for the company, don't care. Because most of the time, if you call a supervisor after you get, get roughed up by some crappy company, they'll go, Eddie, just, just. Just send it up, okay? You know, it's I'll put my name on it and send it up because they're they're taking things off that you have photos for, okay? Mm -hmm. You have invoices for, and they, they just scalp the whole estimate and just pull it, peel your fucking scalp up, okay? And and I don't have the patience for it. I'm 65 years old, so I get on the phone. I said, "This is what you do for a living? You chop into the working man's dollar?" I said, "What if I came to your house and took 75 dollars out of your pay this week? Would you like that?" Well, that's my pay. 
you know, like, oh, yeah, it, it's so now they got they're not doing 70 claims. They're doing 35 claims. But do you yeah. think it might have been they'd been this bad all along, but some of the shops weren't fighting it quite as much because they were so busy that they're like, yeah, I just I got to get it through. Fine, fine, fine. Well, I think it's a double edged sword. Absolutely. I think the shops are like to lose 100 bucks, you know, and, like, and well, look, I think most shops, even good shops, leave money on the table if you're busy you, you just sometimes you need to get to the next claim is it worth spending four hours to make a point to gain 75 dollars it's not yeah it's not. it's it's the coal yards years ago during a depression and the coal would overflow over the side of the coal car and they put a guard on for eight dollars an hour to watch somebody pick up two dollars in coal you know didn't make any sense it's got to make when you when you sit down and negotiate a figure, your time has to. It's part of the equation, and it has to make sense. So if you're going to spend three and a half hours making your point, you know what your point is during the day. Your point's to make money, and when you start tripping over that to prove your point, you're wrong. You're wrong. Your points to get on with. If I'm getting a hundred dollars an hour as an owner, what I'm just we're just talking, you know, that that I shouldn't spend three hours on $75, that makes me an idiot. That's yeah. what it makes, yeah. okay? To prove your point, it's not reality. So you don't spend seven hours to get 25 bucks. Mm -hmm. Move on, yeah. okay, to the next claim, right? So. These guys that can't afford to move on like that and they, they, they need every, every job that they get and- they No, no, I'm, I'm not saying roll over for, you know, like, like a cheap hooker at the Lincoln Motel. I'm, I'm just telling you, <laughs> that's a hotel in Newark, New Jersey. Okay, <laughs> you just heard you just heard about those things. And it was a beautiful place. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so anyhow, I'm not asking you to roll over, but I'm not. I'm also maybe you're missing by sitting and not walking out into your shop and doing a product review and going back through your estimates, you might be missing two hours on that apron that your guy just threw the fender over the top of it. So you, look, like, right. No, I'm just telling you that life, this is about balance too. And plus when you start making yourself sick over this, there's nothing, there's no dollar figure that's gonna make me sick over this. No way. I will find a way. I think the successful shops think a lot more along this line. That it's got to be cost effective if you're going to sit there and negotiate for 12 hours. You know, I'm not telling you to put the part in for free. I'm not telling you to work for for cheap. I'm I'm just saying that sometimes you, you got to cut your losses. And you know, look look what stores do. They can't move a product. They cut the the product the price in half. They move the shit and they get new stuff. And maybe people like over the last two decades or so, there's been an influx of women in a traditionally male dominated industry how is that featured in your business nicole can write nicole in my office can write a solid not not keystroke estimate click 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 you know quarter door fender you know she can write as solid an estimate as any guy ever met i have i have i have four women in my office so you can't go by me i never thought about it to tell you the truth i've been women in my office for 25 years so I never considered uh, uh, that's like identity. We talk we talk about identity politics. So I never thought about identity hiring. It never, you know, I never thought about it. To say have, you, 
have you seen any women come in for tech jobs? No, uh, myself, no. But my friends have had um, female prep people and a painter, and she was incredible. She was fast beast, like blast through jobs, you know, kept to herself, you know. And, you know, sometimes the industry, HR or not, sometimes the industry, little things slip here and there. It's, 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 look, it happens on Wall Street. It happens in doctor's offices. Okay, that's why there's lawsuits. So it, that's a delicate, that can be delicate. But my friends have had females, uh, female prep people and painters, loved them, said they were better than the guys. We have a very prominent woman in the industry on our podcast today. Alicia, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience coming into the industry for the last 20 years? and how you've been rewarded with it um all right i'll try you know how much i love talking about myself so when i first started this is my first job out of college i graduated in may and i got hired in august so i've never known anything else truly outside of like working in the food and service industry prior to graduating but that's about it so when i first started coming around um the Everybody was either like, oh my God, Tom hired his daughter. That's so nice. Like what, how, I haven't seen you in years, Michelle. And I'm like, God damn it. I, I'm not Michelle. And I get, I mean, we look a little bit alike, but number one, I'm much older than her. Number two, no. So whoever didn't think that I was his daughter thought that I was his girlfriend. And they were like, like either they didn't want to talk to me at all because they know Donna, his wife, or you do such a great job. How long have you guys been together? And I said, I've been here at the time, like, I don't know, a few years, whatever it was. And he's like, yeah, you guys make a great couple. I'm like, how dare you, sir? <laughs> because, but just trying to, you know, have an identity as a professional person and everyone's either like, oh, you got the job because you're his daughter or, oh, you must have got the job because of others. You're, you're, you're the gumad. Yeah, the gumad. <laughs> a lot of people don't take you seriously when you're a female in what's known as a male dominated industry. I'm fortunate myself that, you know, after all these years, like people take me seriously, I think, I hope, and it's paid off a little bit, a lot. And in October of 2021, I became, to my knowledge, the second woman in history, I think, in the ASP New Jersey history to go into their Hall of Fame. And That's me and Cindy, or Cindy and I. So, Cindy Tercy. Yep. So, yeah. pretty prestigious honor. That's cool. Good company to be in. And right. then uh, following that in May, I got recognized as Women's Industry Network, most one of the most influential women of 2022 for the industry. So that was pretty cool and and not expected at all because like I don't I, I like to be as far out of the spotlight as I can be like behind the scenes. I don't like talking about myself or being recognized or, or put in front of a stage, anything like that. So a little bit terrifying, but very rewarding to know that, you know, just being recognized for, for all the stuff I've done over the years. So it was, it was cool. Very cool. Congratulations. You're like a modern day Rosie the Riveter. Yeah. What the? Yeah. <laughs> that was, in fact, that was an Italian woman from Brooklyn. Yep. <laughs> picture as a matter, matter of fact. Um, Alicia, when you, were, when you went to the, uh, when you won the uh, win award, what, uh, uh, when you discussed being a woman in the industry with some of your peers there, what were some of the conversations like? It was wonderful. Like everybody was so welcoming and everybody has, you know, their own experiences that are different from mine, but also similar where there's, there's plenty of women who are, 
very influential and important in the industry and you know they do so much and there's still going to be that odd person who's like could you get me a coffee when you're done doing your keynote address for 5,000 people? Let's take a second out of the show to talk about this episode's sponsor, Spinezy, an industry-leading provider of collision repair equipment. Spinezy has been supporting CGP for many years, and they are widely known to the industry as well. They design, develop, and manufacture a wide range of body shop products to help you with diagnostics, damage repair, spray boots, welding, measuring, and much, much more. Get your quote at spinezy.us or just click on the link in the episode for full product info, a virtual tour, details on their many OEM approvals, and more. Now let's get back to the show. All right. For those of you who don't know, Tom does not fly at all. He goes to great lengths to not fly. He'll go on a a train across the edge of the earth before he'll get on a plane. (laughs) Hey, I hate planes, but I want to get there. So this win conference was in South Carolina and it was in May. So Tom says, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm going to fly with you. And I'm, that's going to be my first flight. I'm coming down. Although not your first flight ever. Right. Cause you've, you've flown once. Flown once yeah. So it was a momentous thing. He was going to come. He was going to come. And then apparently not a whole lot of people go to Greenville, South Carolina every day. So the only flights available were on this like 20 person plane, like, doo, 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 doo. like that was the plane one, one and one, one and one, one and one. And so we looked at that and we we're like, eh, maybe this isn't the flight for you. <laughs> I found out firsthand how much Eddie likes to fly when we traveled down to Atlanta. We, uh, we went to Nace, if anybody remembers Nace. Uh, we drove down in a, uh, an RV. There was about 12 of us from, uh, ASP New Jersey um and Eddie was one of them I was one of them obviously we drove down we took turns driving down uh had a a ball uh got to Atlanta and uh luckily I was rooming with Eddie and uh so we were there you know Nace at that that time was maybe three or four days I guess so uh went to a couple events then uh you know the night before we're ready to leave um get back to the hotel and I, if I recall, Ed, why don't you pick up the story from here? I, I remember I got in the bed and, and I turned around and Eddie was on the phone. It was like midnight. I'm like, what the fuck? That was five doing? Four the, it was four in the morning. And I, I get on the phone and I got like, I'm not driving back with these guys. <laughs> so, so, so they're like, what do you mean? I, thought, I said, I'm booking a flight. This is bullshit. I'm gonna, and there was no flights going out. That was like a Sunday morning. And they, you know, sun, it was Sunday at five in the morning. I, I said, I'm out of here. He goes, what do you mean you're out of here? I go, I'm not staying. I don't want to be in that motor home. It's not, a, I'm exhausted. It's not as much fun. I want to be home. I said, by the time you guys are, mo- are loading the home, the motor home, I'll be having my bags in my house, right? So Tom, the next day he gets up and then we'll all go to breakfast together. So one thing, one thing led to two, he gets downstairs. Citro goes, where's Eddie? He, go, he goes, Tom, he goes, he's gone. He goes, no, no, I'm serious. Where's Eddie? He goes, no, he left. <laughs> Nobody talked to me for a month. Never done <laughs> It was so pissed off at me, but it was, uh, it was, we used to have some great trips. It just reminded me, it's, it's like that scene in Goodfellas when uh, Tommy goes to get made and Robert De Niro calls, or Jimmy calls and says like, okay, how, how'd it go? How'd it go? And he's, go gone. he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> like, what do you mean he's gone? What do you mean? He's gone. He's gone. Nothing we can do about it. And it was around, actually it was around the same time. It was, I think I was 91. 
Yeah, it was right around when Good Fellas was written. Yeah. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. Nothing, yeah, he nothing I can do about it. <laughs> nothing. Photo estimating is another thing that's been very controversial. Controversial. Yep. Controversial. And you know, some people live and die on that hill of like it's going to kill the industry or it's the only way to go. But how do you feel? Since these database companies dictate a lot that goes on through a body shop, they feel is part of the future. Can you write a thorough estimate? Yeah, with a crease fender, a repair, a dent in a fender, dent in the door, a little crease, you know, two inches long. Yeah, you can write your own eyes and all your stuff, but a proper estimate. Some of these cars, people shouldn't be driving them. Yeah. They shouldn't be driving you. I, I wrote a car that was written by a photo estimate, a Mercedes hit right front where Mercedes certified. It was an S-class fender and a little nick in the wheel. The guy drove into my shop. I took the car around the building to repair the car. Knew we were in for it because he came in. You know, he just dropped the car off. The, the thing. I said, okay, we're, you know, we're, this is, you know, 15. We're not that busy, blah, blah, blah. And I drove the car around the block, around the building, and the steering wheel was upside down. That's how bent the suspension was. So there was a $1,900 initial and a $14,000 supplement. And the guy drove the car. He, the tire was in shreds because he was dragging the tire down the street sideways, basically. And that guy drove that car. He drove the car for, that car should never been driven. Mm -hmm. Now, if you get a guy with a key scratch, you kind of get an idea of what you need to do by looking at the outside of the car. But anything hit, really hit, should never be. But photo estimating, you know, CCC is set up with photo estimating. It's right in their profile. And you can increase your car wise points through CCC by adding photo estimating. I don't do photo estimate. I'll, I don't allow my customers to take a picture of the car. We recommend the car drive-in. Or if you don't, ma'am, how does the car feel? Has the driving characteristics change? Well, you know, it kind of drifts over to the, no, no, no. So we're going to pick your car up by flatbed. Yeah. Because your car drifts. That means something's bent since your accident. Mm -hmm. So, and then we have a, a rental sense at their home and so on and so forth. So, so photo estimating, I guess for a little key scratch or something, yeah, whatever, but but when you see people photo estimating, you know, taking pictures of their own cars, it gives the insurance company a, a it's, it's car blanche for them to write whatever they want. Well, I feel like everything and, else where and then the body shop becomes the bank. That's worse. Because now the car comes in, has a, a, a supplement that's seven times or six times higher than the photo estimating. It's not accurate mm -hmm. and can be dangerous. Yeah. And until some politician's kid has a photo estimate and that car goes off the road and kills that kid, you may never change that. That might change if somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do when the insurance company demands it? I've never had a company demand it. But they do. I, I've never, I, I, I wouldn't do the car. I'd turn it away. Okay. You know, I would turn it away, but I, I've never had a, uh, an insurance, an insured demand a photo estimate. Now they may demand it from their customer. Most of the time, the consumer is taking the picture. Yeah. Not the body shop. You know, a lot of guys offer it through their websites. I, I, I've 
I never made that an option at my body shop. That's me. That's me. But it doesn't make me better or worse. But you know, there, right there the are shops that that are like doing it that way. So again, it's it's it it seems like everything that's done through the insurance companies is set up to divide shops. Yeah, I don't know if it's intentional. No, what I think it's for, Tom. I think that they're saving so much money on severity because a lot of people own that car and don't give a shit if it ever gets fixed. You know, this shit happens in November. That's mortgage and Christmas presents mm -hmm. to a guy that's making a, you know, hacking out a living. Some guy that's in a factory job doing okay, you know, just getting by and an insurance, an insurance company hands him a check for $2,400 for a $3,000 job. You know, that's, that's, that's a gift from God to that family for that month. Right. He was his taxes, right? His taxes, and he got presents for the kids, and and or you know Hanukkah, whatever it may be, and everybody's happy. You know, so there's a lot of money getting made with photo estimating. The insureds are saving a lot of money, and a lot of shops go down. They'll go down to their buddy in the backyard garage, and have them throw an aftermarket fender on it, and a cheap headlight, or glue the headlight back together. Save the guy his five hundred. Nobody calls him back for a supplement. The guy's not at a rental for too long, right? It, that's there's tons of money getting saved through photo estimating yeah yeah that's reality did you ever get the urge to send some in with like a, a big thumb in the way or something like that <laughs> what the shit that <laughs> um I, I you know i take a picture of a, an invoice on my desk and the cat's tail is i got a cat <laughs> you know? and i'll get response from the claim reps Oh, an orange kitty, you know, like shit like that. <laughs> you know, but not, yeah, they're, they're sometimes, listen, I remember when guys used to come with cases of Polaroid film. You took Polaroids, right? And you sent them in an envelope. People are going to laugh at this because they don't remember this shit, right? And the, you, you had a pack of Polaroids. And you adjust them were nice. They throw you a box of film or something like that. But everything was a Polaroid, you know? So it's different. It's so different now. It's it's. What if it was yeah. an adjuster you hated? You, you give him a picture of the middle finger or a picture of your butt? <laughs> oh, it, no, I I I, uh, I left the DRP program, okay, voluntarily, and I threw the plaque in the dumpster and took a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and I uploaded it to the insurance company twenty years ago. No, no, that's that's not true. Not completely. I get I get a. a I had problems with one of the companies a long time. It was a big insurer at one time. And he comes to get the plaque. So I go over to the wall to take the plaque off. This is the guy's on a shirt. And I don't know, but Nicole double face taped it to the wall. So I grab it and it won't come off. It won't, I'm, and I'm struggling. And I rip it off and it's got a chunk of sheetrock all the way around it, right? And the guy is waiting for the plaque downstairs, but I did, I decided I didn't want to walk downstairs. So I threw it end over end at his head, right? <laughs> and it goes, and the, the plaque disintegrates, glass all over the place. They go, did you get your plaque? Did you get your plaque? <laughs> and I keep looking at this and I go, did I really do this? Did I really do this? Like, like, I look at shit that I done. Oh my God, I was so, so freaking angry, you know? But um, I'm better now. And <laughs> I'm better. One more time, we'd like to thank this episode's sponsor, Spinezy Americas. 
Make sure you visit spinezy.us or visit the link on the screen right now and check them out. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you, Eddie. Do you have any final thoughts like Jerry Springer? Final. Or Jerry Springer. Oh. Everybody's family got a little Jerry Springer in it. Let's face it, okay? <laughs> All of us do. But I, I also want to thank you guys for allowing me to come back. You know? Our pleasure. Oh. It almost didn't happen. Despite your best efforts, you, you got on this thing anyway. <laughs> I got to get one of them there cameras for the top of my computer. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys. Thank you to everybody who is watching and listening. Uh, make sure that you like, share, comment, uh, give us your feedback. Tell us what you like about this. Tell us what you want us to not talk about. And tell your friends and your enemies, whatever, to find us on YouTube, iTunes, uh, most importantly, grecopublishing.com. We have a whole page dedicated just to the podcast. But wherever you can find your podcast, you'll find us. Hey, Joe Rogan, look out, I'm coming. Yeah, we're coming for you, Joe Rogan. 